Business owners are cluing into the fact that Bitcoin is here to stay, but its adoption is only about where internet adoption was in the mid-90s. In other words, there's still a ton of upside and opportunity. If you want to learn how other business owners and entrepreneurs are using Bitcoin to enrich their lives and grow their businesses so that you can too, stick around at the end of this episode to hear the trailer for my newest podcast, Business Bitcoinization. And now, on to today's episode. You're listening to the Life as Leadership podcast. Are you looking for motivation and encouragement on your path to becoming a better leader? If so, you've come to the right place. Keep listening to find a community of leaders committed to learning and taking action to improve their world. The Life as Leadership podcast, where leaders gather to grow together. Here's your host, Josh Friedemann. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. This week, we are going to be hearing from an expert on listening And we're going to talk a little bit more about that in just a second. But joining me in studio this week to listen to and discuss the interview are my friends and fellow leaders, Jake Sullivan and Bryce Daniels. So the intro question for today is who is someone in your life who has done a good job listening to you? And the reason I ask that is because today's guest is going to talk about the importance of listening to help people understand themselves better. And I think good listeners will help you feel like you were listened to well, and hopefully in the end, help you understand how you're feeling and what you mean better. So who's someone in your life who has done a good job of listening to you? For me, it's been the children's ministry coordinators at my church. They do a very good job of really keying into what I'm saying and giving me that eye contact that you need when you're really listening to someone and also just blocking out any other distractions that might be in the room or in the uh, near vicinity whenever they're listening to me. It really makes me feel like I'm being heard and it really helps them grasp the information that I'm giving them a lot better. Jake, how about you? I don't pay much attention to who's listening. I think most of the things I say are just just to say something, feel some, some silence. But that's uh, why we have you on. <laughs> yeah. It, it's what I'm good at. But a lot of that's just because I have so many people in my life who are good listeners in my family and my church family and all the different roles that I, I go through. I have people listening. Hmm. Well, a couple months ago, we had another listening expert on our podcast. His name is Eric Maddox. And he and our guest today differ a little bit in their listening. Eric's focus is primarily on listening in order to gain influence in someone's life. And our guest today, his emphasis is on listening to people to help them understand themselves better. And both of those are really important aspects of listening. I encourage you, if you like today's episode and want to complement that, go back and listen to episode 20 to hear Eric Maddox speak about his approach to listening. Our guest today is on a quest to create 100 million deep listeners in the world. He lives in Sydney, Australia, and is an author, a host of the Apple award-winning podcast Deep Listening, and a sought-after keynote speaker. He's been a marketing director at Vodafone and Microsoft, and he is passionate about using the gift of listening to bring positive change in homes and workplaces around the world. Through his work with boards of directors and executive teams and organizations, our guest has experienced firsthand the transformational impact leaders and organizations can have when they listen beyond the words. He consults organizations including Cisco, Google, HSBC, News Corp, PayPal, and TripAdvisor, helping executives and their teams listen to what's unsaid by the customers and employees. Here is Oscar Trimboli. Oscar, welcome to the podcast. G'day, Josh. I'm looking forward to listening to your questions and discovering something new together. 
Absolutely. Well, to help us discover something new to start off with, could you explain to us what you mean by deep listening? And also, how did this massive vision of developing 100 million deep listeners come about? Deep listening is your ability to listen beyond the words. It's your ability to listen to what's unsaid. For most of us, we listen in black and white, and deep listening is about trying to listen in five different colors. Deep listening is about moving from an orientation away from listening for yourself only to helping the speaker listen to what they're saying, but ultimately helping the speaker to listen to what they're meaning. And the vision of 100 million deep listeners in the world uh, came about by a challenge from a friend of mine who I said a couple of years ago, I want to teach a million people in the world how to listen. And he laughed at me and said, add a zero, come back next month, let's chat about 10 million. Mm. So I came back uh, uh, a month later with Matt and having a cup of coffee and he said, um, how did you go with a challenge? How are you going to get to 10 million? And I basically explained uh, using apps, technology, spreading the word through training courses and podcasts, we were going to get there no problem. And as a result, he said, well, add another zero. And I went, oh, really? <laughs> are we going to play this game, are we? And that said something quite profound to me. He said, very simply, Oscar, if your goal can be achieved in your lifetime, it's not ambitious enough. So I went away, came back and went, I have no idea how to get to 100 million deep listeners in the world. But it has changed the way I think about getting towards 100 million deep listeners in the world in using applications like a listening coach that might be embedded in Siri or Google Home or Amazon Alexa and helping spread the word by having other trainers, leadership consultants, speakers understand how to integrate listening into their message as well. So that's the journey, the really short version of deep, listening 100 million I was uh, literally talking to someone in Atlanta this morning and he threw the gauntlet down and said why not a billion so that's what I'm thinking about right now for the next couple of weeks is why why only a hundred million and why not a billion but <laughs> I'll, I'll stick with a hundred million for the time being Josh Sure. Well, I, I love the idea of having a vision and a mission that exceeds your lifespan. It means that you have to create a legacy and you have to develop people who can carry on what you've started. And I'm wondering, are there certain milestones you've set along the way or are you still feeling out what this looks like? Yeah, we've got a little board that uh, measures both the countries and the languages that we think we're going to do this in. I've set myself this arbitrary 2030 timeline. I figure by then I've had a good crack at it by then. But what we've done, uh, myself and Nell, who helps me with all the management of what we do, uh, we've got a little tracker that we sit down once a quarter and we've figured out we're at about 700,000 people so far. And what we've noticed is, particularly when speaking through the media, on TV, on radio, through podcasts, uh, that message spreads a lot faster uh, there. So as a former marketing director, I know the impact that speaking to large groups of people can have on spreading a message like this. 
So the challenge I always set to Nell, and I always say to her, you can always ask me this question. And this question becomes a guiding principle for everything we do. It's become a guiding principle with the online course that we're developing. It's become a guiding principle with the podcast. It's become a guiding principle around the books. And Nell always has permission to ask me, Oscar, how's this going to get us to 100 million listeners faster? Mm. And that question, <laughs> Josh, it drives me nuts. How often uh, Nell asks that, but it's the right question to ask. It's the question that's going to help make a difference beyond words. So I love when I'm talking with leaders and people who have big visions, I love hearing about how they're doing things, but you also are an expert on listening and I want to get more into that. Just a second ago, you talked about how the listeners are helping the speakers and oftentimes we think about it being the other way around. How is it that listeners are able to help speakers and really, I think you said, help speakers understand what they mean? Yeah. Yeah. So a, a kind of recreational listener will listen from their own perspective. How do I understand what Josh is saying? And that's terrific. That That's wonderful. That's a level of listening that rarely people attain. Most people listening to respond. Most leaders are listening to respond. But there's three simple pieces of maths. If you only hear one thing from today's interview with Josh and me, it's this. I speak at 125 words a minute. You listen at 400 words a minute. And I think at 900 words a minute. So let's just do a bit of maths there, Josh. If I can speak at 125 words a minute and I can think at 900 words a minute, the likelihood that the first thing out of my mouth is what I'm thinking and what I'm meaning, it's a kind of one in nine chance or 11%. So there's an 11% chance that what I say is what I mean. Now, I'm at the stage in my life that I spend time seeing doctors more often than I'd like. But if a doctor ever said to me, hey, Oscar, you've got an 11% chance of surviving this surgery, I'd ask for a second opinion. Yet most of us never ask the speaker for the next opinion. Their brain when it's thinking about all these things, it's like a washing machine on wash cycle. It's sudsy, it's dirty, it's messy, it, the water's moving around. But when they speak, it's rinse cycle. It's a clean water that comes out and everything seems to be a lot more clear. So if we could practice one thing, if we could know one thing as somebody who's listening to somebody speaking is simply to say, and pick whichever one of these couple of phrases you want to use, Josh, Tell me more. I'm curious what else you're thinking about on this topic. Hmm. Is there anything else? And what you'll see all of a sudden is a magic change in their body state. It means their shoulders will go back. Their, their spine will come a bit more straighter. They'll breathe in and they'll say things like, well, actually, or you know what I should have said that I haven't said so far? Or... The most important thing we haven't discussed so far is, and for a lot of us listening right now, we're nodding knowingly because when we've created enough space for people speaking, we notice that kind of reaction. And all of a sudden, the relationship increases, the trust goes up, and the kinds of things you discuss become deeper and deeper. So if you know the you speak at 125 words a minute, you can listen at 400, but they can think at 900. 
the ultimate ninja move of listening is listening to what's unsaid. And in doing that, just ask them, what else are you thinking about on this topic? Amazing things will happen in the conversation. Now, is, is the ultimate ninja move connected to the five levels of listening? Or would you say that's something that's slightly separate? Yeah, the ultimate ninja move, listening to the unsaid is level four listening. Okay. So that's listening for what's unsaid. So just quickly, level one is listening to yourself. It's not even listening to the speaker. Level two, listening to the content. Level three, listening for the context. Level four, listening for what's unsaid. And then level five, the ultimate level of listening, listening for meaning. So they're the five levels of listening. Yeah. And one of the things that is interesting that I've heard you say before is that most people only ever listen to content. And what's interesting to me is that's not even the first of the five levels of listening. It's kind of strange, but are, are these levels that each one is successive and connected. Once you master one, you master the next, or are they just five levels that we need to be keeping in mind at all times? So the five levels of listening are both foundational and progressive, meaning you, I, I'll never achieve mastery in listening and nobody else should put that pressure on themselves. It's something that you improve every day. It's a practice. Ironically, and the research that I've done with 1,410 people highlights this, the level of listening that people struggle with the most, where 86% of people struggle, is level one, listening to themselves. They come to a conversation with a whole bunch of dialogue in their head about what they've just done or what they have to do after this conversation or what they've got to pick up for dinner later on this evening or some flight arrangements they have to make or a bill they need to pay. In fact, it's happening for you right now while I'm speaking, you're might be commuting, you might be jogging, you might be doing some chores and you're distracted. And what we want to do is just create a space in our head to make sure that we're available to listen to the other person because we've got all this noise going around in our head, Josh. It's impossible to listen to the other person because we're in a dialogue with ourselves and that takes up a lot of energy, takes up a lot of effort, takes up a lot of mind space. So I've got three tips if people want to get better at level one, but I'm sure that sure you've got a couple of other questions for me too. Absolutely. Then what I'd like to do is go through and get at least some idea of at each level, what can we be doing if we want to be better at that given level? To get better at level one, uh, the three tips. Uh, number one, if you're in a conversation with somebody, switch your phone to flight mode and switch off any visual notifications. So the, the distraction is the big killer for you. So tip number two for level one, take three deep breaths. And that just means in through your nose, down into your chest, lungs, down to your diaphragm and back up. I'm not asking you to become a yoga teacher. I'm not asking you to go. <sighs> I'm just simply asking you to go. And it's almost imperceptible. So one of the practices I do when I go and visit clients or prospective clients, the minute I step into the lobby, my phone goes in a flight mode and I take three deep breaths when I go to the lift or use the escalators or up the stairs before I get to reception. The final tip, the brain is 5% of its body mass, yet it consumes 26% of the blood sugars of the body. So it's a very hungry 
part of the body and our listening brain is a hydrated brain. If we can get blood sugars to the brain faster by and through hydration, the more likely we'll be in a fit position to listen to those. So phone a flight mode. If you're really brave, switch it off, put it in your bag. Tip number two, three deep breaths. And tip number three, just drink a glass of water, get a hydrated brain happening. Mm. So that's level one. And level two is listening to content. What would be, I guess that's one of the things that we are most used to, even if we don't do it well, but what would be some tips that you would have for listening to content and doing it well? Yeah, three tips are really simple. Uh, one, get your eyes at their eye level, which means your ears will be at your ear level to them. Sounds weird, but the most important part of listening to the content is putting yourself in a physical position where you can do it, whether that's on the telephone, whether that's face-to-face, particularly parents, adults. A tip for parents out there, if you're away from your children, when you speak to them on the phone or you FaceTime with them, make sure you squat down to their eye level. It will change the way you think about listening to them. It will put you in an intention to go, oh, okay, I'm down here because my kids are a little bit younger. So tip number one, make sure you're at eye level to that person, particularly in meeting rooms. Make sure you're looking at the person you're trying to listen to. Tip number two, notice their body language, not because you're trying to figure out if they're the human lie detector or trying to figure out if they're telling the truth or not. What you just want to do is notice when there's a change between what they say and how they say it. So somebody will say, yeah, I'm feeling great, but their body posture might give away a completely different signal. And then finally notice in the content when their state changes. And by that, I mean how they hold themselves. You'll notice a completely different energy. I was working with a client once and they were talking through a situation and all of a sudden I could hear that when they said something, they went down a little bit further in their throat, a lot further down. It was only for a microsecond. And I said to her, I said, what just happened then for you? She said, I I don't know what you mean. I said, your state changed and your voice changed. And she went, oh, wow. And she had this moment where she realized something from her past that was holding her back had just come back into her voice. She goes, I really haven't let that go. So if you're not in the moment, if you were on your phone at that time, there was no way you would have seen that or noticed that. So there are three things around listening for the content. Level three, listening for the context. We want to know the backstory. What brought us here today, Josh? Rather than leaping straight into it, we always have more context with the backstory. A lot of us just jump into conversations and continue on without knowing where people come from. And then we get stuck in the middle or a quarter of the way through because we're trying to navigate the conversation ourselves. The other thing is notice patterns in their words. Do they always speak in the past or do they speak in the future? Do they speak about themselves or do they speak about others and their team or the or, or the business that they're part of do they speak with a very internal orientation or do they speak with a very external orientation do they speak in problems or do they speak in solutions so notice patterns and notice the backstory that's the tip for level three listening for the context Uh, level four just a reminder and just ask them what else what else have you been thinking about on this topic i'm curious what else you're thinking about on this topic And that will help explore what's unsaid for them as well as for you. And then finally, level five, listening 
for the meaning. It's, it's where people go and make those big transformational changes. If you can help people to make sense of what they say, they'll understand what they mean and more importantly, the actions they need to take. And in listening to the meaning, it's as simple as saying, what does this mean for you? Or you can say, what does this mean? And you don't have to even say, what does this mean for you? Because a lot of times when you say, what does this mean? They'll go, well, I've come to realize that my old story is not helpful. My new story is this and the action I need to take is that. And again, you can see, Josh, that's helping them focus on what they need to listen to in themselves rather than us just trying to make sense of it by what it means for us. Yeah, and, and one thing that I really like about level four is the, the statement that you have in your book, which is this, what's interesting to me is what you didn't say. Is that something that you would say directly to the person in order to try to get from them what they're, once again, not willing to say, or maybe not even realizing that they want to say? Yeah, and that, can, that exact phrase can be used with individuals and groups. I'd say be cautious. You need to be in a pretty good relationship with somebody to say that. And what I mean by that is you wouldn't say that the first time you ever met somebody, although you might because you might have great rapport halfway through the meeting. But typically that statement will elicit some amazing perspectives. And what's curious to me is what you haven't said so far gets them to explore those other words that are stuck in their head. They've got those 900 words. They've only got 125 in their head. And you go, you know, what's curious to me is what you haven't said so far. And they, 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 you will literally see their head tilt and they'll think about it and go, oh. And then out will come a whole bunch of things that is in their mind, but they haven't said out aloud. And when they say it out aloud, it becomes real for them. So that might be a good one for you to practice and play with over the next week, Josh. Absolutely. So Oscar, I'm hoping that you'll be able to speak a little bit to the audience as young leaders. Oftentimes we think about being effective in our communication and helping people to understand what we mean. But what you're saying here is that it's important for us as leaders to help our followers understand what they mean. So any words of wisdom you can speak into that context and maybe any advice that you can give? Yeah, and probably not the one you're thinking of straight away. I don't think leaders create followers. I think great leaders create more leaders. So if you're in a role of leadership and you think your job is to create followers, you might have missed the point. So let's think about how, to, as leaders, do we create other leaders who can sustain whatever it is that matters to them as well. But I think for, for young leaders, whether you're in a career or your own business, the 20th century has been spent with all of us being taught how to speak, how to speak with influence, how to speak with impact. But the leadership hack of the 21st century is being able to listen to others. And in listening to others, you'll help them not only move, but you'll motivate them to mobilize to bring about the change they want to bring about. And it's when you feel heard that you want to take action. It's one thing me saying to you, I think, Josh, you should do this. It's another thing for you to come to that realization yourself. I think 
leaders have the orientation that the person with the problem is also the person with the solution. And if I can stay with them long enough and help them to listen to themselves, they'll be able to come up with their own solution. And in coming up with their own solution, they're more motivated and they'll be mobilized to take action themselves much faster than us putting together a leadership action plan for them. So what are some of the other practices or mindsets that we can adopt or build into our lives to prepare ourselves to be better listeners? I'd say rather than getting more is just coming back to those basic three at level one. Number one, remove the distractions. Tip number two is be conscious of your breathing. And then once you're conscious of your breathing, start to become conscious of their breathing. If you can not only listen to what they say, but also how they're breathing, your listening moves into a a difference between somebody who's really at a big picture level to someone who's really tuned in, you're getting right into the frequency of exactly what they're saying. And then then the final tip, if you drink coffee, you're going to have to drink a glass of water with every cup of coffee because uh, coffee will dehydrate you and make your brain performance a little bit less than what it should be. So drink water. And if you can offer water to the person who's speaking as well, the same will be true for them. A hydrated brain is a brain that's more effective in explaining what they do. So I guess rather than more things, Josh, I'd just reinforce those three. Just be able to listen to yourself to begin with. Yeah. Mm. Starting with you is the fundamental building block of listening deeply. Absolutely. So Oscar, one thing that you have in your book is a practice from the Aboriginal peoples and it's called Dadiri. And I'm hoping that you can speak a little bit about this as we get toward the end of our interview. Maybe, maybe share with us what it is and the importance of it for us as listeners. So in ancient cultures, whether that's the Aboriginal communities of Australia, and there were many, many nations in in Australia that were Aboriginal communities and Dardiri, or whether you talk to the Maori of New Zealand, the Inuit of North America, whether you go into jungle-based tribes in Africa, in South America, also in parts of Israel, Dardiri means three things. It means listen to yourself first listen to your people, and listen to your lands. And that practice is very common about all the communities I've just mentioned. The ancients already knew the importance of listening. And what they're really comfortable with is silence. One of the tips I talk to people about for level four listening, Josh, is treat silence as if it's another word. Listen to the beginning, the middle, and the end of silence and give it the care, the consideration, and the respect it deserves. So when we think about Dadiri and what that concept means, it means not only thinking and listening to yourself, level one listening, listening to your peoples, level three, the context, the community of which you're part of, but it's also listening to your lands. And what they mean by that is, Listen to your lands as in what your lands have brought to you in the past. And you can think about lands that provide food or shelter or water or lands that bring you historical stories, rituals that we tell ourselves. And also, are you listening to your lands in the future? What are we doing to our environment, our planet? as we look forward as well? Are we listening out for those kinds of things? So whether you're 
in the far northern lands of Canada or the deserts of Australia or in the middle of China, these ancient wisdoms are something that have lasted the length of time. And I think what they teach us is in those communities, elders and silence is a sign of respect. It's a sign of honour. It's a sign of authority. And I think in the West, we've kind of forgotten how to be okay with silence. We kind of call it the awkward silence or the pregnant pause as if it's bad. And I think if we all got a little bit more comfortable with silence, just three seconds longer, we'd probably hear things that we don't get to hear because we're too busy speaking. So I think that's what Daderi brings to all of us uh, is just slowing down and being comfortable with silence. Well, thanks for sharing that. You've done such a good job today of explaining things to us and reiterating things to us. Any final words before we finish out this interview? There's five myths of listening. And if you want to download them at listeningmyths.com, it not only tells you what the five myths are, it gives you five steps on each of the five to improve your listening just a little bit more. So be patient with yourself. Um, Josh, in Australia, we don't have listening teachers at school. I'm sure that's different. I'm sure in America, it's much more enlightened and you have listening teachers at school. So it'll be much easier. But none of us were taught how to listen. So just be patient with yourself. You'll never be perfect, but you can always make progress through practice every day. And uh, that, that's all I would say to you is just take a little bit more time to notice what's the noise in your head before you get to a conversation. And then you can start to listen to what people aren't saying and what they really mean. Well, Oscar, thank you so much for joining the podcast today. Now, before you go, I have a few final questions that are meant to inspire us toward better leadership. So you ready for this? I am ready. All righty. What is some lesson, saying, or experience that continues to influence your leadership to this day? Uh, it's uh, Yoda from Star Wars. Ooh. Do or do not. There is no try. Use three descriptors to finish this sentence. A leader is? Curious, generous, full of faults. What is a question that leaders should be asking either themselves or others? I'm curious what you haven't said. What book would you recommend to leaders? Right now and for the last uh, 12 months, I've been recommending James Clear's amazing book called Atomic Habits, and it breaks down the component parts of habit formation into their most atomic elements. It's a New York Times bestseller, and I've written, sorry, I've read books on leadership for best part of 35 years, and it's the best written book on habit formation that I've ever seen. And I, I handed out to all uh, my clients in the last 12 months. If you could get every listener to start doing something this week to help them be a better leader, what would it be? Switch your devices to flight mode. And if you're really brave, switch them off when you're entering in a conversation where you need to listen to somebody else. And finally, we have our arbitrary but insightful question, which is this. As a general life principle, is it better to ask why or why not? See, why is a question loaded with so much judgment? If I knew someone well, I'd ask why. And I would never ask somebody I didn't know well either why or why not. I've spoken to a number of hostage negotiators and as well a number of suicide counsellors, and they all say be really careful with asking why-based questions. Why-based questions trigger judgment for the person you're speaking to. And the first time we were ever asked, why did you do that, was when you 
spilt the milk or you didn't do a chore when you were a child. So a lot of people get triggered back into a lot of childlike states where they're struggling with something with their parents. So although I would use the words why uh, rather than why not, Josh, just be careful when you use those why-based questions because whether it's a FBI hostage negotiator or a suicide counsellor, they can have the opposite effect of what you want to achieve. And I think when we ask why-based questions, we want them to explore different horizons. And maybe a, a more potent question would be, um, thinking about this topic, what have you thought about before we've got to the conversation today? We'll probably get them into a very similar space to the why or why not question. Well, Oscar, thank you so much for joining us today and for sharing with us your expertise about listening and how we can be better listeners and help those who are speaking understand what they mean better. Now, if people want to learn more about what you're doing and your massive vision and mission of reaching 100 million people and developing them into deep listeners, where would you like people to go? Visit listeningmyths.com and that's the starting point for everything around listening more deeply. Well, Oscar, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening, Josh. I hope you found today's interview valuable. We'll be back on Friday to discuss the interview and share some of our key takeaways with you. If you want to share some of your own thoughts on what you heard today, or if you want to leave other feedback for the show, email us at community at lifeasleadership.com. And if you think today's interview could be helpful to someone else who cares about becoming a better leader, go ahead and share it with them. Until next time, keep living and leading well. Hey, thanks for checking out this trailer for the Business Bitcoinization Show. My name is Josh Friedemann, and I'll be with you each episode interviewing business owners about how they're using Bitcoin to enrich their lives and grow their businesses. You might be wondering about the name, and I'll get to that in just a second. But first, let me tell you a little bit more about the show and who it's for. Unless you've lived under a rock for the last decade, you've heard of Bitcoin by now. And if you're like me, you heard about it a while ago, but didn't do anything about it until the last couple of years. Then one day, for whatever reason, it finally clicks. And after that, you enter the Bitcoin rabbit hole, as they say. And the deeper you get, the more you see the value of Bitcoin. But you know, maybe you're not there yet. Maybe you don't know much about Bitcoin, but are interested in learning more. Either way, this show can help you. Each episode will introduce you to an executive or entrepreneur who's using Bitcoin, the hardest money on planet Earth, to improve their life and their business. So, what's with the name? Well, it's a play on the term hyper-Bitcoinization, which is used to describe the eventual rapid adoption of Bitcoin as other currencies get weaker and weaker in relation to it. When you compare a seemingly never-ending supply of dollars to a hard cap of 21 million Bitcoin that will ever exist, it feels like only a matter of time until hyper-Bitcoinization happens. The good news is we have the opportunity to be on the front lines of creating a new and frankly better system. Whether you're already sold on Bitcoin and it feels like I'm preaching to the choir, or you're curious to learn more, business Bitcoinization will help you understand how you and your business can be prepared to take advantage of the massive productivity and wealth that Bitcoin will enable. If business Bitcoinization sounds like a show for you, go ahead and subscribe. Obviously, you can subscribe in whatever podcast app you're using right now or go to www.bizbitshow.com slash listen. Once again, that's www.bizbitshow.com slash listen. I'm looking forward to sharing more soon. And until then, keep living and leading well.